I said that I would come back to this very important theme, and I will do so now. First of all, let's notice that the assumption that I want to make, which is that a properly respected and empowered population can, by exercising its collective abilities, wisdom, strength, intelligence, produce a far more vibrant society, a far more successful economy, a far more fulfilling existence for all than any single person in the form of a leader or any small group of people in the form of an oligarchy or or a party can possibly hope to do. This is a perfectly simple equation or a calculation, if you like, of the amount of understanding and brain power that a very small group of people can have compared with the total cumulative integrated summation of all the wisdom and ambition and intelligence and strengths and abilities of an entire population. So if this is so obvious, and I do really think that it is obvious, why is it that we have never arranged society that way? What prevents us from making the transition to a social existence in which we respect one another and value one another and do our level best to make the most of our collective abilities for the good of all? Well, you don't need to look very much further than education itself for the explanation, although I should add that I am firmly of the view that educational and political systems cannot but, in the end, converge and synchronise. So whatever one identifies as being the characteristics of an education system are very likely the same characteristics that you will identify in the political system in which it exists. And you don't need to look very far around the world to see plenty of evidence for that thesis but be that as it may. The point that I'm wanting to make here is that our societies shot through with elitism. And you may think that someone who spent a lot of his professional life as an educator working in the independent sector is the last person on earth to make this point, still less to have it made or have the authority to make it with any credibility. But I don't think that elitism is inescapably linked to the question of whether you are educated in the state or the private sector. I think this is just a modern myth. What makes the difference is whether the society or the school in which you are educated is egalitarian or not. And what makes it egalitarian is the notion that we are all in this together, that we are all equals, and that even though some 
pupils exhibit more natural ability in certain ways to do with the ability to do mathematics or science or run faster or jump higher or remember things more easily or pick up languages and remember things and acquire knowledge. All of these really quite unimportant comparisons that we make but which we make more important by the way we treat the outcomes of them to our everlasting shame. What makes a society egalitarian is that everyone's potential contribution is respected and treated as potentially at least of as much value as everyone else's. And we simply don't live in such a world. And don't be under any illusions that there is any state in the world that does. You can be as Marxist, Leninist, as egalitarian, as communist as you please. And I can assure you that you will find exactly the same tendency to exaggerate certain kinds of ability and to diminish or denigrate others as you will find in any other country. It is just a modern illusion that there are states in which there are genuine attempts to treat everyone as if they were of equal value and as if they were the same. By the same, of course, I don't mean equal and identical, I mean of same, of the same importance. So, if that assumption of differential worth of the gradation of ability and the gradation of contribution is endemic, it's not surprising that a great many people find their lives blighted before they even start, simply by the fact that they're a little bit slower on the uptake, a little bit less quick to do their arithmetic, a little bit less quick to write, a little bit less fast at running or whatever other spurious comparisons our education system bizarrely and I'm not sure what the word is destructively is the word and destructively makes it just isn't good enough to treat children or indeed frankly adults as though the fact that you can do something I can't do somehow makes me less worthwhile than you, less worthy than you, less important than you. Market forces, you may say, indicate otherwise. After all, if you want somebody to drill your teeth or operate on your heart or build you a house or drive your car, you're likely to want somebody to do it who's good at it and who's shown that they're good at it. Well, fair enough. Nobody's arguing any differently. But that doesn't mean that they're somehow more important. It doesn't mean that they're somehow better. And it certainly doesn't mean that the contribution that others can make is negligible. It just means that as the world is currently organized, 
we haven't yet found a way to making to make the most of the contributions of all, with the result that a great many people feel that they're simply thrown on the scrap heap of life from their earliest ages on the basis of the merest pretext that they're not as clever as others. And of course, in this awful economy, things like IQ tests and people living forever with the notion that they have got a low IQ does more damage than it is possible to imagine. After all, what we need is an education system with which everybody ends up above average. Ha ha. So 